On the 23rd of February, I had a separate meeting with him in my office. He effectively said to me, Well, look, I need a bit more time to be around. And I said, Do you think you can? He said, Yes, I think we'll be able to come on board, but yeah, I need a few weeks. And I said, Okay. And I accepted that in good faith. Yeah, yeah. Five months later. Five months. What's the been Along like this for the last five months, yeah. and, and you know, I just feel that I have been strung along. Oh. And I had the discussion with him on the twenty third of February. Well, well I have been more than patient. Yep, yeah. Yeah. check my diary. Yes, have we all? What's that power ballad coming out? Diary. It's the rain dance competition. Well, I mean, <laughs> so many things. The crap night out. You know, John Todd. Because you know, you heard him say that he was hoping I'd bring them around. He's talking about the Olsen twins. Now, <laughs> if he wants to have brunch with the Olsen twins, I'm not the best person to ask. But he keeps calling. He keeps sending me emails. He keeps photoshopping himself into photographs of them. <laughs> and they're such a cheap date. Uh, exactly. Not ordering seconds. No. no. Oh, oh. One chip between them. <laughs> So we don't have any of those segments. All right, we're going to have to go to the emergency sketch. Ooh. Oh, it's Friday. It's usually a dodgy one on Friday. Good. Oh, Bob Geldof. Now, we do this occasionally. We try and find work for the old bloke. Poor guy. He needs a gig. He's doing that. I thought, yeah, he's in that uh, one on the plane. Yeah, yeah. I thought, you know what a good job for him could be? Have you ever been at home and had the phone ring? Yeah. And it's like market research people playing excerpts of songs? No. I'll just play you seven seconds of a song and get you to rank it. Really? Maybe that's a job for him. Hello, this is Bob Geldof calling from Bob Geldof from the the TV commercial. The rather unkind gentleman sitting on the airport. He's trying to see that. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, don't worry yourself about it because I'm just trying to do a few um, market research questions. What is this about? just a few cards off, you know, Jesus, uh, we're talking to this lady, and she has a bunch of expression from the sound. Uh, 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 then get to, you know, sort of oh, what's this, do it? So go, this is your excerpt, number one, ready? Right. Thank you. <laughs> 
shows us is an album of um, mad cop sound effects, and uh, obviously we want to turn it from the point of view of our disappointed. Wait, oh, you, you're going to have to play it again, mate? <laughs> you want to hear this? No, listen, I've got to listen to this one. Let's go. Would you describe that track as sufficiently zany? Listen, I'm not going to be stymied by your refusal to offer it. I don't know what you want. Listen, this is the Music as well. Oh, yeah. What about some um, 
sort of um, widow. <laughs> I always feel a little piece of me dies when that song plays. <laughs> I like the rain down in Bolivia. That's the version we want Travis to record, but he gets out of that big brother. I get really interested in Bolivia. I don't know where it is, but Travis has made me want to go there. The Death Cat, what about some sort of scary purring mm-hmm. and then a portentous theme? What have you got? Purring? And then how are you? <laughs> The nursing home staff pretend it's not Oscar. Oh, the cat. Am I dying? No, 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 that's Fluffy. This is Oscar. His name tag says Oscar. I'm dying, aren't I? No, no, that's Fluffy. He's got Oscar's tag on. It's a different Now, I know we're talking about death and uh, tragedy, and I guess that leads us to the film Meat Pie. Oh. <laughs> starring Ian Cavalli, still unreleased. Stop saying starring. Well, you're the main character. What's the name of the film again? Meat Pie. Oh, hang on. I like the other thing that's better for death character. It's disturbing in the headphones. Now listen to this uh, email from one of our listeners, uh, Sean Dwyer. He says, I'm considering starting a collection so that Ed won't have to make make meat pie style trailers or movies ever again. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. No, he got out of dance years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is before I was young, I wanted the money. He needed work. Yeah. yeah. He didn't write it, so what a point that. No, he didn't write it. People seem to think maybe you've had a hand in some of that. Uh, Colin Rushdie was on board for a while. That's right. Raymond, there's another fat wire out there. <laughs> Harold Raymond, <laughs> didn't you love Harold Raymond popping up and knocked up? Yeah, yeah. right. That was great, wasn't it? He doesn't really do that much acting anymore, does he? I think. Was no. he in Orange County briefly? Yes, he was in Orange County. County. You're leading us into nerd country. I'm sorry, we'll be on to Batman in a moment. How about some politics? Oh, sorry, Tony. What are you saying? This bloke here, Sean Dwyer. Uh, sorry, Sean Dwyer. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. He needs your advice. Okay. Is there an art to yep. casting a movie? Ed? Yes. The other night, some friends and I were standing on a main street in Melbourne, mm-hmm. and one of us dropped his fast brew, his French fries, rather. Yep. Immediately, our reaction to this was authentic. Mm. Or so we were informed by a gentleman who immediately asked us to cast for his upcoming movie, gave us a number to call when he'd have raised some more month funds in a month or so. Yeah. So these people have dropped some chips and he's got, hey, that was an authentic piece of behaviour. Yep. You could be in the movie. That's how. Here's my phone number. Haven't got any money yet. No. But I'll call you back. That's how Tom Cruise got Jerry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how films are funded now in this country? Yeah, pretty much. If you just walk along the street, well, the, well, the key these days, walk along the street with a, you know, a bowl of bull base mm-hmm. uh, or a soup, something hot and steamy, drop it and then just wait. Just wait. Just drop it in a mainstream and wait. A man in a trench coat will come up and approach you. He may be funding a film. He may want you to come to an alleyway. Either way, it's exposure. There's the different types of food for different genres of film. Let's say for a period film, you'd carry around dumplings. Yes, absolutely. So then drop them. A couple of melons, hey, Rich. What will we get for that? A carry-on film. Oh, bang. Okay. <laughs> I'm hearing that cat again. <laughs> Walking up the street and you want to know? Yeah, I do. Uh, someone I knew said you should come and do this this film, and I said no. And they said, come on, go on, they pay cash. And I said, all right then. And I showed up to the audition, and we did the whole film in sequence on a video camera. Wow, the audition. So you knew what you were getting into. You knew that this was going to be in a meet Yeah, I did. Okay. 
Okay. You can't blame the film. You can't do the basic instinct. Oh, I didn't know I didn't have any pants on. No, I can't. Because it was lighting up there. No. Yeah, so I went to the premiere. When you knew what you were getting into. Yeah, I did. All right. Now you say you're going to get us out of this. I'll get us out of this. Let's hear it. Breaking news, uh, Steve Brax has resigned as Premier of Victoria. That's right. He says that, uh, oh, do you Steve Brax? No, I haven't got a Steve Brax. You just did it. It's just funny. No, it's slightly out of breath. Now it's funny. Yes. Well, anyway, Steve Brax right. has said that he's resigning as Premier of Victoria to take up voicing Muppets full time. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be next to get this. Was he involved at all? I don't know, but it's been over 
ship has struck that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Would have been to say that. Uh, and what about this guy? Have you checked out the bloke who plays the Super Mario theme on two guitars at once? Oh, I think that must be on YouTube. He saw it at Blake.com. Mm-hmm. All right, important stuff to know. Uh, what about this Richard Marsland sighting that I've just been uh, oh. handed from Andrew Mellon? Come on, dude. He says, uh, I was once at a slowdown, which is a charity football match yeah. with old retired Adelaide Crows and Port Adelaide Power Play. That's right. It was hosted by one Richard Marsland. That's right. One of the players' last name was Donald Dickey. <laughs> and Marslando loved it. <laughs> he made several bad jokes about the name Donald Dickey. Did I? And there were plenty of kiddies around, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall Dickie. I mean, I remember uh, introducing Leighton Hewitt onto the field. This is at Adelaide Oval in Adelaide quite a few years ago, as a matter of fact. Man, what a day. Oh, so you are working blue in front of the kiddies at a cricket match, or what is it, a football game? One of those two. Well, I love a Dickie gag as much as the next man. Sure. <laughs> um, but I don't recall, I mean, I remember, I, I really got into the mood because it was, uh, you know, doing a stadium announcement mm. and sort of like the that's getting to get ready to rumble guy and just, you know, the, you know, giving people all these wonderful names, you know. No, like, you know, like nicknames. Yeah, well, you want to run some of the gear by Something, uh, you know, Darren the Horse German okay. and so on. You know, just making them up as I was going along. Ah, brilliant. Yeah. What did you do for Dickie? Uh, Dickie? I don't, I don't even remember. I don't even uh, David Dickie. I'm not sure. Let's go to the tape. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is a good one. Oh, Thank you very much, Andrew Millen. As we said here, Ed Cavalli, let's short bus gear and get off the arch beef. It's not sure what that's about. <laughs> I'm really confused about Dickie. All right, this leads me to bad jokes. Jokes gone wrong. Yeah, yeah. We've all done that. We do it every day in this time slot. But in real life, jokes gone horribly wrong. Let's talk about that with the listeners next on Get This. People are going to get sick to death of these brats running around behaving in this I hope we're going out in most states. There wasn't an awkward pause, though. There may have been. Oh, well, you know, that awkward pause is available. Uh, you could call in and book some time in it. We'll be rerunning it on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's, uh, well, it's a lot of satellite trouble when you're going national as we are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling the Going national you, with our highfalutin jokes about monkeys. Yes, monkeys. What's happening? We were talking obscure TV shows the other day. Who with? Well, Ross Noble. Mm-hmm. Show went about half an hour over. <laughs> we didn't mind. Nope. Some did. Uh, and we've got so many emails about um, Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. Oh, yeah. Of course. It's like kind of get smart, but done all with talking monkeys. Yeah. Is this where they sort of fought to the monkeys so their mouths would move? Probably. Mr. Well, Ed. Yeah. Give them electric shocks, didn't yeah. they? They gave him peanut butter. Oh, that was Mr. Ed. Oh. Well, the monkeys getting peanut butter as well, were they? I don't know. If monkeys can do peanut butter. But, you gave, but if you gave a horse an electric shock, surely it would do more than just move its lips. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> all right. As Ross pointed out, you're not allowed to dress monkeys up in clothes anymore. But they're allowed to smoke cigars. Yeah. <laughs> they're, if they're already addicted. Well, if you'd like to hear Ross's theory about uh, monkey abuse, the noble cast goes uh, up today. That'll be later today. Is that for time? Uh, well, it's for weekend listeners. Stoners. Oh, look, I think that's a cheap stereotype. Monkey lovers, university cigarettes, akimbo. Podcast 109. 
featuring Ross Noble goes up. Podcast 108 went up yesterday. That's got a bit of uh, Peter Rose thorn. It's mm-hmm. got some very tasteless placenta talk from Richard Marfland. Uh, yes. Richard DeClaude dropped the bombshell <laughs> that Ed Cavalli is her basketball coach. Mm-hmm. He's got a bit of uh, ball handling skill, apparently, yeah, right now. Full detail in Podcast 108. Anything to say, fans? Uh, that'll be in the next one. 110 will be going up on Monday. Plenty for Stato fans and all that business uh, Warwick Kappa gear from yesterday. Yeah, oh, was uh, frying up. Yeah. It'll be going up Monday. We're always a bit behind at the podcast because there's so much rubbish to get through. Mm. Uh, but we are in quite a good mood in here today. I think it's because we're hopped up on the codril. Uh, I think getting up it. What sort of music do we want? Well, I reckon let's just let's play the happiest tune we can think of. Here's a lay for everybody. Let's get started, shall we? <laughs> And of course, Richard Marbland, the Disney Golden Girl gone bad. Oh, there you are now. I am off the rails. It's early. Push some buttons, Rich. Anyone? <laughs> No, that's not true. We actually finished on time yesterday. I don't know. So good. It was a mistake. It was a technical error, I'm sure. Sorry. So many letters uh, from people coming in, emails about things we've talked about on the show. Listen to this from Tom Scott. Tom Scott of Erskineville. He says, uh, Ed, the girl in the Transformers movie. Oh, yeah. You claim is way too hot for Shia LaBeouf. Oh, man. Is, who are we talking about? Megan Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Appropriate. All right. She's in real life the fiance of Brian Austin Green. No way. The dweebiest character in the history of dweebs. Oh. I'm a Beverly Hills Dino 210. Oh, it's like two steps down from mine, Daring. <laughs> Jeez. I am Daring. Look at that. It is reassessing everything he knows about Megan Fox and Brian Austin Green. Do you remember in 92 when I went Brian Austin Green? We've released a rap single. Yes, oh. I know. Miller Ice style. Oh, he did. Yeah. I think did he do a student radio show as well? He did do a student radio show. So what are you thinking? If you can get it, this was a nice possibly strangle. <laughs> How can she dig that? <laughs> Into trigonometry. What is going on? Well, maybe if you were to dig up that footage, mm. email it to her. Might get her off the off the green, off the green. Get her off the green, hey? <laughs> and onto the cavalier. Oh, man, that's gonna work. Don't worry, there's still Daphne Zuniga. Maybe. <laughs> Trailing around. Yeah. 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 Debbie Gibson, what's she up to? What? All right, yes. Uh, what about this? He's got a lot of. Oh, this bloke works at a video shop. Good on him. Have you caught idiocracy? I haven't got out idiocracy yet. Yeah, I don't know what it's. And you might judge. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like it in office space. Yeah. And I'm coming out in Simmons and Butthead and uh, King of the Hill. Yeah. So there's a sort of a whiff of maybe it's dodgy because yeah. it didn't come out in cinemas. But we'll be the judge of that. What does he reckon? Uh, he reckons um, 
they've stolen an idea from us because it's set 500 years in the future where America has become so stupid that the most popular show on TV is called Oh My Balls! <laughs> We're ahead of our time, clearly. Wow. No, it's not plums, it's balls. It's quite different. And he says, finally, I'd like to point out, uh, oh, sorry, I used to be uh, a video shop employee, but I think he may have lost the job because of all the gags he had with the customers. He was always referring to Half Past Dead, one of our favourites was Stephen St. Gall, as Dead 30. <laughs> Never once got a laugh. Oh, don't we know that feeling? Right, but this is what we're talking about. Joke's gone wrong. Uh, because the last time we, I brought this up this morning, because the last time that we were filming, thank God you're here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn Robbins is there, you know, works for the old, in the ensemble. And he's a coach. Yeah, he's a coach. And I, I was leaving for the night, and I uh, said, oh, I'll give you a call, uh, uh, Glenn. And he said, I'll be in Sydney. And then I said, well, they've got their phones in Sydney, and he's right here. And Glenn looked at me with disgust. And then someone who was in a dressing room popped their head out to see who it was that made such a horrible joke. Oh, popped right? their head out, shook their head, went back to where they came from. Oh, that's the kick in the guts, isn't it? What sound can we have for that today? So just do the line again, Ian. Okay, uh, no, hey, Glenn, I, I hear they've got phones in Sydney now. <laughs> Joke go wrong here at Triple M back in 1990. Mm-hmm. 1990. Remember Salman Rushdie? Yes. And his satanic verses? Very popular. I thought it would be hilarious to call up the Iranian embassy in Canberra and claim to be Salman Rushdie. But I just did it in my normal voice. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like the mean gotchas where you no. fool people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my idea is just to say something so patently wrong that surely nobody could be fooled. Uh, well, so I've called up and I've said, uh, hello, Salman Rushdie here. And the guy has gone, Rushdie. I'm going, yeah, yeah, I want to hand myself in. I'm sick of, uh, you know, living on the run. Where are you? Uh, I'm working in Melbourne uh, for the pancake pile. <laughs> I'm wearing a white tuxedo. I'm handing out leaflets in Berg Street now. <laughs> and then you, yeah. Pancake? <laughs> yes, the pancake parlor. Where is pancake? <laughs> and the guy was taking me deadly seriously. Oh, yeah. And this went to air. It's good. And there were uh, security guards on every Triple M for about six months afterwards. Yeah, right. It's on a show called Bull Twang. Okay. That um, only lasted four months. Yeah, that, so well. that was a case of... Just gone wrong. Just gone wrong. We've all done one. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, it's
round of applause again for Wayne Hope. Oh, man. <laughs> a lot. Oh, man. Okay. And Bob 
sprinklings in there, and sprinklings in there with the with facial hair that is worth tuning in for. Now, I understand every there is a contract in Australian television at the moment that every show must have at least one appearance by Josh Lawson. I understand he's in there as well. Yes, that contract was fulfilled. Well, now yes, if you can't get Eddie, you get Josh. That's the rule. Josh is in there doing a fine performance, doing a Hunk, so, yeah. Now, you say, okay, librarians, it's a hard one to excite people about. But, you know, it's not just books being stamped and little cards being stuck in an envelope in the inside of the cover. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot more action and intrigue. It's topless. It's topless. <laughs> yes, look, it's just the place that it takes place, really. It's, it's two, two, it follows the head librarian, which Robin plays. There's two, her and Rob Hammond, as an old female friend, it follows their relationship. And, um, Look, I'm not going to do too much because I'm going to talk about it for a month. But, the, you know, it, it's great. There's lots of flashbacks. I think it'll go well with Jerome because there's lots of flashbacks where they play 80s music. Oh, hey, hey, nice. Hey, 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 last time I was here, I just pinched the playlist and we've done the right What song? Do you have that thing of uh, not being able to get the rights to a certain song that you want? You, what you do is you say, we're going to use 80s music, but it'll just be Australian because you're assured you can afford it. Oh, uh, well, there goes here to the moment by Asia. <laughs> That's right. That was gone. But what's in there? What sort of song? Uh, uh, you're going back to the 80s. Why won't he sugar free? Yeah, dynamic, hypnotic. Oh, it's all kind of feelings. All kind uh, of feelings. Uh, later became the Money Reapers. Mm. My wife was actually in a video for the Dynamic Hypnotics. I've been told never to mention that on air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got more to talk to you about, Wade. That'll be next, I'll get this. Triple M. Triple M. Triple M. Triple M. Triple M. In case you're wondering who Wayne is, I hope you won't be insulted by me describing it this way, Wayne. He's the Kerrigan brother in prison in the castle. Mm-hmm. Was yes. that your first screen role? That wasn't. Uh, You've been in things before that, hadn't you? First uh, film role. Oh, that's a real film, you know, other than people from VCA going, do you want to come out at 3 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, get angry. Sure. I'm referring to student films, which are a tradition of that, that people say, oh, it'd be great. I'm going to run up. It's this short. won't take up much of your time. And you go out there and it's like five days. It blows out. So, of course, sitting there in, you know, they've never accumulated out of Melbourne. Yes, that's right. In a freezing night, you've done that. But what? Tell me, uh, sorry, Tony, I'm just going to ask uh, Wayne if he's ever appeared in a stage version of Allo Allo. Have you found something to say? I'll deny it. <laughs> well, since he's there, he's one on at the moment, Wayne. Uh, in Melbourne, I, well, I should plug this actually at the uh, community hall in West Essendon for the uh, the paltry sum of $18 or $15 concession. Wow. You can go and see a, a stage version of the popular television series. So the Essendon people still reeling from the sheen here. Yeah, yeah. Pop down and uh, turn the smile. The cops from Dublin Tondra. Upside yeah. down. Yeah. 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 Who's done the adaption, does it say? Yeah. W. Hope. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what about, uh, okay, what was your first, what was the first thing you did on screen, on TV then? What was... Uh, it may have been, I think it's probably some ads mm. early on. I think I may have done a, one of those, you know, government don't crash your car ads. That would be oh, was it dramatic? Were you very high drama? No, I had an easy one. I think I had the first, they had a couple of years of people, you know, just hysterical. Um, and then I, you know, that wasn't my strong suit. <laughs> and so I had the one where I was a kind of lad leaving a Christmas party. 
Yeah, I had a couple. I had a you car. weren't uh, the truck driver, were you? The, the commie van drives into the truck. Oh, the truck driver express van. He drops his shoulders. Mm. It's the hammiest bit of acting. I know. And I feel for that actor because I bet you that was one where they went, well, just do one more. And this time, just look really disappointed. Yeah. And he was tired. And went, oh, okay, I'll just do it. And sure enough, it's one that was here. Good one. But of course, there is no one more when you're crashing a van. <laughs> the side of the van. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one you're stuck with. Uh, what about those? I'm sure you were in something. Um, those American movies they make in Australia where it's we're pretending it's in America. When you yeah. in that one with Mary Tyler Moore, oh, what, what was that? That was, well, I can't even remember the name. It changed its name a couple of times. <laughs> 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 yes, that came out Mary Tyler Moore and made a terrible show about a, a series of the, the, um, her and her son, the character, went across the state murdering people. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and she came out here yeah. and shot it in Melbourne. It was clearly a, a you know, tax dodge. <laughs> um, but it was great, and I couldn't help. I just had to at one point go up and get the, the tin yeah. out. And, and yeah. of course, you have to go and speak to Mary's assistant and say, My I approach Mary. <laughs> and they said, Next Tuesday, you can. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now, were you victim number one in this? What, were you, what was your role? No, I was a. Um, Kind of pizza delivery guy on uh, memory, and I did the accent. Yeah, uh, general American. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know this one, which I, I never know what to do. So I just kind of I, I do a bit of everything. I head, head from coast to coast. They are great. Those ones. Uh, Judith Lucy, friend of ours, uh, went along to audition for uh, Return of the Mask. Ooh. Which was shot, I think, yeah, shot in Sydney. I think worst film of the year at the Razzie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they gave her a, a role, and they said, "Look, um, we want you to audition for this role. It's a shopkeeper. Uh, we should warn you, it was written for an elderly Pakistani gentleman." thought of you. <laughs> but I, love, and I noticed now there seems to be a trend for doing sequels to Jim Carrey movies without Jim Carrey, <laughs> and they just will not learn. Remember they did that, um... Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. <laughs> no one went for that. Yeah, absolutely right. Could it be because it was no Jim Carrey? Then we'll do one with the mask. Well, the mask. That didn't yeah. work. New days. Then we'll do Bruce Almighty, the single most expensive comedy ever made. Yeah. called Evan Almighty. Yeah. 180 million bucks. What? Yeah. Have you seen it? No, it hasn't come out yet. The one with Steve Carell on the art. Mm. That flops. Well, so now they're going, hmm, that's a good idea. I know, Ace Ventura 3 without Jim Carrey. They're going into production with Ace Ventura 3, and it's like his son. Oh, it's like, yeah. like Son of the Mask again. When will they learn? Is Iron Zeering in role for the uh, title role in that one? Yeah. What is it with you and Iron Zeering? He, he lived the American dream. What is the American dream? He was in a terrible uh, television show for years, and then married a, a Playboy playmate. Yeah. That's the what a life. Yes, what a great life to make our way to California was the American dream. <laughs> yeah, apparently. You see wedding photographs in your, who, in your Who Weekly. You know, people are sitting there looking quite, you know, smug and, and happy at their lifelong love of whatever who cares. Right. But Zeering, when he married a playmate, he was giving you the thumbs up in the wedding photo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've moved on to literary matters by the sounds of it. Yeah, we've got the man behind the librarians here. 
that's as good an excuse as any to open up the always classy Get Best Book Club. That'll be next. Safe, out of custody, and presently receiving medical care. Everybody, it's get this around the nation on Triple M. Wayne Hope is with us from the ABC's upcoming uh, tour to force the librarian. So that's as excuse as any to step into the get this book club. Very good, Ed. Thank you. Thank you up my sister's version of Europe final countdown. If we're going to have drink or test, we love that. Here's a letter we've received from Leon Pion. Uh, first part real, second part fake. He says, uh, guys, I'd like to know what your favourite books of all time are. Mine is The Alphabet of Manliness by Maddox. Uh, no, we haven't recommended, uh, we haven't, haven't read that, haven't read it, but he's recommending it. Uh, favourite books, Wayne? Uh, favourite books, I can tell you this fact of uh, doing the library. Does anybody know what the top selling, top two selling books in Australia were last year? Ah, again, anyone? Uh, da Vinci Code and the Illustrated Da Vinci Code <laughs> featuring pictures of the Grey's Anatomy cast. <laughs> the Da Vinci Code diet, I think. Uh, no, close, though. The two biggest selling books by a mile was the CFRIO Wellbeing book. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. And it's is that by um, Peter Carey? Who did that one? He was at a Tim Wynn job. Bryce Courtney, that one. Bryce Courtney. The Stains book. The Stains book is the, the most requested literature in this country. Did they talk about that on the you know the ABC Highfalutin Book Club with Jennifer Bird? We found the couch. The Stains book. I loved it. I thought the red wine section was. Well, I'm going to have to disagree. I thought the bubblegum getting out of carpet was uh, really spoke to me. Favourite book in Kimberley? I was. It's a toss-up between Catch-22 and How to Survive in Any Situation. Oh, yeah. That's a good Andy. What did you learn from that? If a car falls... If you were to drive a car over me, Tone, I'd be fine. Perfectly fine. The Navarro with his rugged good looks and increased pulling power. I grab onto the mystery snorkel and drag myself out of there. No, anything. How do you survive? Throw a spider at me and no worries. Flail around. Drop bears all over my face. No worries. If I wake up and my legs are on fire, I'm sweet. Wow. It's quite a. See, I love the Confederacy of Dunces by John Kennedy Saul. I think that's my favourite book. Never fails to crack me up, but then. You know, competing for that is The Truth About Diamonds by Nicole Richie. That's true. It's a great novel. It's a novel way with an eight-page colour photo section in the middle with pictures of Nicole Richie staggering out of nightclubs. Isn't that where most authors are going wrong? <laughs> Excluding the eight-page glossy. I mean, is there eight pages of photos in Finnegan's Wake? I don't think there is. Great the broth. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> no separate <laughs> shots. In Midnight Children, I think you're fine. Uh, the Killer Mockingbird. <laughs> Completely free of pics. What have you got for us, oh, Mr. Mark? You're going to with Confederacy of Dunces in Catch-22, because it's one of my favourites, too. Pretty funny. Uh, I love Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Catcher in the Right, all the predictable ones. But what am I reading at the moment? I'm reading Shantaram, which is oh, man. not a very easy one to carry around. a year off for that one. It's so thick. And in the car, another good way to uh, read books is listen to the audio books. Oh, yeah. I don't mind doing that, even if they are abridged versions. And I'm listening to Michael J. Fox's autobiography, Lucky Man, oh. which is, um, it's really entertaining. I love to team more. 
And I'm not Meredith Baxter Bernie story. So I'm all right. Yeah, because I love family ties. And what a fascinating lifestyle. I mean, drink. driving around with Phil Little, basically. It's the Mario Fox audio book. I'm sure the listeners can go way more interesting and unusual than these selections. We are in the Triple M Get This Book. Yeah, a little symbol to ring a bell and go, 
doing that, those we haven't seen her in for a while. She is divine. We've just had a um, intense work period where we promised the kids we would um, reacquaint ourselves with them. We took them away. We went to Bali. Ooh. Uh, the night, the day, uh, went to Bali, the night before there was that travel warning. Oh, okay. Maybe that would not be a well-earned holiday with a travel warning. Maybe they just wanted others to avoid your family. <laughs> And I thought, you know, we who doctor, should we go, should we not go, what should we do, should we, you know. He thought, no, we're not going to be held by terrorists and we must venture out and do all these things. And, and, you know, I pretended that that was my mindset. But when you're in the swimming pool at the pool bar and the guy with the semi-automatic pacing up and down protecting (laughs) you, you tend not to relax. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to know how to relax? Uh, and this bloke was mentioned uh, during the book club segment. Travis, the big brother. Have you seen him? Oh, he's going to win. He knows how to be laid back just by putting the, the letter O onto the end of any word. Bloody big day. Why are you happy to lay back in the old banana here and just chill? Banana, banana, singer. Are you going to go, go? Lying back on the banana. Banana, banana. Oh, banana. Palo. Well, maybe you were having a drink of, well, as Travis put it last night.